Hello, and welcome to The Link Podcast, the industry's link to learn, innovate, news, and knowledge in global supply chain intelligence, hosted by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. We cover everything from transportation and warehousing trends and new technologies to food safety and sustainability, anything really impacting today's supply chains. My name is Brielle Jekyll, the managing editor here, and this week we're talking about all those strikes happening in and around the supply chain with an expert from Angie. The labor market researcher recently published a report on skilled trades in America, and he offers insight on why the strikes are happening now and what's going on in the supply chain in regards to the labor shortage. So let's link into that conversation now. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Uh, I am here with Misha Fisher, who is the chief economist at Angie, and we are talking about the supply chain strikes and all the turmoil happening in the workforce of the supply chain right now. Hi, Misha. Thank you so much for coming on with me today. Hey, great to be with you. Looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, so, you know, like I said, it's it's been a crazy time. As we can see, there's all these... Uh, very famous strikes happening in the news. We have John Deere, we have warehouses, we have a lot of things going on. So I wanted to ask you why now? Why is this such a big deal today? I know we have the vaccines and, and other stuff going on, but can you describe that for a little bit for me? Sure. So I think that the quick answer is it was probably kind of inevitable. That's why it's happening now mm-hmm. is there's two different things going on. One is extreme labor market competition generally. And two, that supply chain and manufacturing part of the economy has been stretched particularly thin as a result of the big reduction last year in both trade and manufacturing, and now everything's trying to ramp up. So that's why the quick answer is it was inevitable that it was going to happen in some form. The longer answer is that last year, during that second quarter, right after sort of the onset of COVID, we saw a massive reduction in GDP and trade flows and the overall productive sector of the economy. So the annualized rate of US GDP dropped by about $2 trillion. That's about a 10% reduction. By comparison, the extreme point of the Great Recession, which we all remember as being economically brutal for millions of people, that was one fifth the decline. So it was about five times, 500% larger than what we saw during the Great Recession. Now everything's coming back online and there's that big swing. So just like if you have a car wreck on a highway, it's going to create a backlog behind it. You're going to have that happen in the economy with all those trade flows and all those manufacturing pieces because the factories weren't designed to produce at the rates that we're now asking them to, neither were the supply chains. So that's the big macro thing. On top of that, the labor market is generally tight, both in the skilled trades generally, but also in manufacturing and in shipping. So for people in both of those, in warehouses or in factories, we've mentioned both the John Deere and then some of the other strikes, you've got a dynamic going on where people feel like they have a lot of leverage. And as a result, they're going to negotiate aggressively for that leverage. And that sort of sidesteps whether or not it's the prudent thing to do. But I think that there is certainly the case to be made that workers uh, have a lot of bargaining power right now, and they are exercising that power. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, we've never seen the supply chains so visible in the mainstream media before. So it's definitely a time um, for these workers to get 
you know, real visibility and real, you know, work done, you know, in terms of compensation and whatnot. Um, do you think there will be a resolution soon? Like what needs to change for that to happen? I think we'll start to see just like all, I mean, all, all labor strikes inevitably come to an end. And, you know, whether that's a resolution that one party is happy with or the other party or both parties are dissatisfied, that's, I think, the big unknown. But I think they'll be resolved over the coming weeks. And certainly, I think we'll see most of these headaches in the global supply chains subside by the, you know, second quarter of next year, in all likelihood, is when things will eventually have smoothed out and people will have figured out what they're doing. And when we hit that point, then the leverage changes, the dynamic changes, the need to negotiate changes. And so I suspect that most people will want to resolve relatively quickly. Right. Do you think that the holiday season is going to complicate this even more or vice versa? Well, obviously, it will complicate holiday sales. I think it already has. Yeah. If you look at the, the shipping times and the shipping rates. If goods weren't on a ship, you know, from from Southeast Asia on their way here about two weeks ago, they're not getting here by Christmas. So I think that we've we've seen that big glut of things for domestic manufacturers. This is sort of their time to shine because you can still get on shore on store shelves and to other people by, you know, by Christmas and then the rest of the holidays. But right now, I think we're we're seeing the effects of that holiday impact already. Yeah, for sure. How is this uh, affecting the supply chain overall and the consumer in the long term? In the long term, I think it's going to force a lot of businesses to rethink their plans. We've gotten very used to on-time delivery and shipping that works. And now all of a sudden, when companies crunch the numbers and figure out how much it's cost them to not go to market in this time, it's going to be something where they really consider diversifying their supply chain and then bringing a lot of it back domestically where you don't have to cross an ocean at the very least. So I think that'll be good for a lot of businesses based out of the United States, Canada, Mexico, things where you don't have to cross an ocean or don't have to cross a border. I think that people will want to diversify a little bit. That doesn't mean that trade flows are going to stop. I think we'll still see significant amount of global trade, but I think we'll see an increasing diversification of that strategy and people not putting everything in one spot where it all has to go through the same port to get here. Yeah, I keep thinking about globalization and why, you know, we've stretched the supply chain out so far. And I think that's part of the reason that some of these complications come up with the workers and stuff like that. And it's just crazy to see all this happening with the ports being jammed up, the workers going on strike and all these things happening at once. And on top of a global pandemic, creating this perfect storm. So I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with you know, these workers' rights and, and what they're demanding or looking for and the employer, you know, relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, overall, you know, the story has been um, labor market competition is typically a good thing mm-hmm. overall. There's, I think, a lot of disagreement over the best way to leverage certain things. But labor market competition is, is how people get better wages and get jobs that they prefer. And, uh, you know, this is part of that process. And sometimes it can be messy and sometimes it can be constructive, but it's it's part of the overall process. And I think that there's a a growing consumer interest in this, too. So there's probably an opportunity for businesses that can say, you know, our factory workers are happy workers, our warehouse workers are happy workers. And, you know, to market that to consumers who are uh, probably more conscious than they've ever been about the 
overall business practices of, of who they're supporting. Right. And now you even have with that consumer demand, you'll now have the retailers and the brands demanding more from their warehousing and logistics partners because that's on them. When when you find out that, you know, a major retailer or a major brand is using a warehouse whose workers are unhappy, that will you know fall onto the retailer or the brand in the consumer facing news. And, and then consumers, you know, push for those workers more so as well. So it's a whole conversation with everyone nowadays. And, and it's so different than it was before. And it's mind blowing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of change. It's the only constant. Yeah. Well, that's all the questions I have for today. Thank you so much for coming on and talking with me about this. It's such an important topic right now. Oh, my pleasure. It was a good conversation. Well, thank you everybody for listening to today's episode. Tune in every Tuesday for our episodes of Link by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a thumbs up or a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Riel for more of what's happening in the supply chain. And do not forget to hit subscribe on the Spotify, Apple, or Google playlist apps so you never miss an episode. (laughs) 